on moats, hospitals, big vines, and oracle trees. L. Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. The first time it went to voicemail. But I persisted, and Joseph picked up the second time. Joseph speaking, he said all professionally, as if he didn't know who was calling, which he didn't. Gaga, I said. My brother did not sound resoundingly thrilled to have heard from me. Sis, you're coming up private, so I can't see who's calling. I know, I said smugly. But then I don't know who's calling, so I don't pick up. So then I call again, and you're like, oh, it's Lorelei. And then you pick up, and we all win. He did not seem to agree. Mommy is getting better. I know she is, because her texts are coming in more and more frequently, and her sense of humor has definitely returned. They removed 750 milliliters of liquid from her insides. 750! That is three quarters of a liter, which for Americans is too much liquid to have floating around your lungs. I would be scared, except it sounds like she's in really capable hands. Mommy being mommy, she insists she's not in the hospital, but rather in a forest, covered in vines to the oracle tree. She says the oracle scans came up better today. She's apparently no longer producing milkshake. I am still unclear as to what milkshake is, but I guess it's something gross, and that papaya juice is blood, which is better? Or not. It's hard to tell with mommies. Matt was discharged this week. I still don't know everything that went on with him. I told Mommy that I resisted the temptation to use the girlfriend card to try to get the nurse to tell me all the information. I could have tried, you see, because Mommy told the Quebec government I was her girlfriend. So then they could call me to see if I was symptomatic for dangerous bacteria. How romantic. I took my sweet time calling the nurse back, because I'm healthy except for my heart, which hurts when I think about sick mommies and will not be made better by speaking to nurses. Except this nurse turned out to be so friendly I couldn't not like her, even over the phone. It occurred to me after we hung up that my last encounter with a Quebec nurse was not like that. My last encounter was when I tested positive for COVID, even though I was completely asymptomatic, thus destroying a romantic vacation I had been looking forward to with Etienne for literally months. We hadn't even kissed yet because we were in separate bubbles, and the desire was real. They asked me a thousand years' worth of questions, and even though I answered no to every single one, I was quarantined for ten whole days in my bedroom at Gale's. And while I was in my bedroom, this smug nurse called me. I missed her the first time because I was working remotely from my bedroom in an effort not to lose my mind. When I picked up the next time, she was like, Why aren't you answering? Are you definitely in quarantine? You haven't gone outside, have you? Yes, I am in fucking quarantine, I wanted to scream, which I didn't, but I did hold my own, even though she was frickin' arrogant as balls. And I didn't even feel sick. Imagine if I was feeling sick and had to deal with that. And I wanted to follow the rules. Imagine if I'd been against them. Anyway, no wonder I'd been scared to call this nurse back, but she was very ni much nicer, and also this time wasn't about COVID and nobody cared. Etienne says the poll isn't quite there yet anymore. He didn't define pull exactly. He was struggling to find words and kept apologizing for it. He said that he's been through emotionally intense moments like this with other people in the past, and even if they've somehow made it through, the pull doesn't seem to come back. He apologized a bunch of times during the 45-minute video message. He kept saying he hoped I was okay. He said he wasn't sure how to get back to where we'd been. I was okay. Sometimes I was crying, but I was okay. He's a fucking sweetheart, and I definitely haven't always appreciated how much he truly cares for my feelings. I feel bad about that. When I, 
responded, I told him he doesn't have to apologize, that the whole point of us being a team and having an emotional intelligence is that we can work through things together. We can help each other find the words. That's if we want to work through them. But despite the apparent lack of pull, he spent 45 minutes talking to me in that one message, so he cares. And he also said that he cares. So he cares, and so do I. So I guess we'll just see. Because I think I know what he means by pull. It's this romantic innocence. An attraction? No, I don't think that. And even he said it wasn't that. But maybe it's a loss of obsession. I mean, there was a loss of trust. On both our ends. And I think there has been a loss of romantic innocence. But that's good because it tumbled our projections. It revealed our insecurities. It showed us for who we are. And I don't want to go back to where we were. I want us to go deeper, to be more honest and more vulnerable. And he wants something that he doesn't know how to define yet. Which is okay. He doesn't have to yet. Anyway, he says we won't really know until we're together again and we see what that feels like, and I think he's right. Yikes. Well, we have time, and I think that's a good thing. Gail was more direct last weekend. She reached out and said that her heart felt sore when she thought of our friendship, that she missed me and wasn't sure if she was supposed to reach out or wait for me. I fucking miss her so damn much. Every beautiful Montreal day, I think about us meeting up at a park, maybe with the kids, maybe just the two of us. When I'm throwing together a recipe in my kitchen, I think of all the times we've cooked in hers, creating ma magic out of some limp parsley, jarred lentils, and all the ginger and garlic. How we laugh. Gail and I laugh a lot. I fucking miss her, but fuck, I don't know what to do. And that's what I told her. I said, same. I feel the same way. I miss you and my heart hurts, and I don't know what to do. I need help reworking our boundaries and handling my triggers. Suggestions are welcome. And then I closed the moat and haven't been able to go back because I need mommy to hold my hand, or maybe an Estrella, but I need something to help me deal because this shit is hard. So I'll wait until it feels right, and I'll check again. Andres is swimming along in the moat, too. I sent Marisol a text today. Hey, I miss you. Things are really weird with me and Andres right now. Hopefully they get resolved, but I don't have the energy right now. I don't want it to come between you and me, though. When can we hang out? She called me. She was nonplussed by the Andres situation. I don't think he's mad at you or anything, he said, she said in Spanish. He just wants to clear the air. But I'm mad at him, I exploded. He's the one who made the air all choky to begin with. She was very marisoli about the whole thing, understanding how I feel, but also understanding how he feels. While also not really wanting to talk about it because, and I quote, I spent all of last week dealing with it. Well, he is lucky that you are as patient as you are. I hope you appreciate that. Because the thing is, the issue is not me misunderstanding Andres' feelings. I fucking understand them, more than he does, I think. But where the fuck are his apologies for making this all Marisola's and my problem? He's the one who didn't communicate. Okay, his plan didn't go as planned, and he didn't do the big bariochi strip tease or whatever he'd wanted to do because Valerie was there. So either, one, deal with the problem in the moment, when we could have all dealt with it together and had closure, or, two, figure out how to make the most of the evening and have a good time without dealing with it, or, three, don't go. Option four, which he chose, was not on the list. Option four. Have feelings, don't examine the feelings, deny the feelings, get nasty when we try to talk about the feelings, make us all act super awkward while we all pretend the feelings aren't there, then be rude again because of your feelings, then pretend to have a good time but actually don't, and then the next day get mad at us for not helping you with your feelings. Men and their feelings, said Estrella on the phone. They're always going on about how women are so dramatic, but then when one of them gets a feeling, it becomes everybody's problem. A 
Estrella has really helped me keep my sanity while mommy's in the hospital and I've had nobody to whine to all the time. I have a therapy intake tomorrow. It could not come soon enough. Joseph couldn't talk earlier. He was carrying groceries into the house from Costco, and I could hear three-year-old Huck chattering in the background as he approached. I'll have to call you back, sis. Maybe get me a number where I can call you back. That is a problem with one-way magic drawbridges, I suppose. It can be lonely isolated in your little castle. Once I've got the moats under control, it'll be better. I called him back. He didn't pick up. I tried again. It worked. Hang on, he whispered. I guess the boys were on their way to bed. Hey, okay, how are you? I told him about my huge work project and how well it's going. He said all the congratulatory things, and then he asked me again how I was. My girlfriend's in the hospital, I said. It feels weird to call mommy my girlfriend, but I have to draw the line at driving my brother crazy somewhere. Oh no, he said, which I appreciated because it sounded appropriately concerned. Mom and Dad were just worried about me. They immediately thought I must be sick. I'm fine, I insisted. You don't have to worry about me. Or at least, if you worry, don't worry about my physical health. Worry about my mental health. I told him about the 750 milliliters of liquid that had randomly accumulated inside Mommy's chest. I hope Mommy doesn't mind me sharing. She's usually a private person, and this is her medical information is spilled all over the internet. Oh well. I don't think it's anything that damning or identifying, and she knows I need moral support. And I can't very well say, Mommy has vines attaching her to the oracle tree and her milkshakes are testing cleaner now. Once I had assured him that the prognosis was fine, he asked tactfully, And how are other things with your girlfriend? Thank God I could answer that question with confidence. Amazing. Fucking incredible. Like nothing I've ever experienced with a man. I mean, I'm sure it's possible, it's probably what you have with Lizzie, but I have never experienced anything remotely like this before. Which is the whole entire complete, unadulterated truth. A garden. I'm ready for a cabin in the woods with a garden. I think I've had enough of living in a city. I'll enjoy it while it lasts, though. I couldn't handle another move too soon. Saturday, September 23rd, 2023, Shabbos. Yum Kipper Eve Eve, the first day of fall. Matt messaged me yesterday of his own volition. Mommy slept weird, but is doing okay. We're going to be able to see you soon. Soon? Soon, soon? Dare I hope this weekend? Probably not. I probably daren't. If Mommy had a real six-year-old at home, I guess she would have needed to find somebody to babysit while she was at the oracle tree. Lucky for her, I'm grown up enough to survive without her. Fuck, I miss her, though. Surviving is way less fun without her around to align all my chakras and help find magic in the universe. She messaged me a couple of days ago with a voice memo in which her voice actually showed expression, rather than this fucking weird-ass flatline monotone. She said that the oracle tree told her to take a deep breath and then pulled out the big vine from inside of her. She said that's because her body can now do things that until recently she had to rely on nearby elves and fairies for her. Catheter. The big vine must have been a catheter. Gaga. She said she had a few just-in-case vines left in, but they'd be coming out soon. She said she was testing normal, no more milkshakes, and that she was under strict orders to take it easy so she would be waiting at least two more weeks before going back to work. Personally, I think she should just never go to work ever and be a stay-at-home mommy for me forever and ever. Gaga. Don't discount how difficult this has been for you, said Estrella. 
not only have you not had somebody who's a huge source of support for you, who can literally transform how you're feeling by being there for you in this beautiful way, but you've also had to worry for her. It's scary having a loved one in the hospital. Thank God for Estrella. If it had been my husband in the hospital, everyone would have appeared properly concerned. But it's almost like because that's not who mommy is, she doesn't count. I told Estrella that. She said, people who are married sometimes never know what you have with D. She brings magic into your life, and she lets you express yourself to your fullest potential. She's really important. Gaga. Of course I know this, but it feels more real than other people, that when other people know it too. I get that, said Estrella. It's why I got married to Luke. People treat you a different way if you're married. They respect your relationship more, and humans are communal beings. We want our community to see us, to recognize us, to validate us. Gaga. I got to help Estrella the other day. She called me 12 minutes before work with a fairy princessing problem. I'm glad she did. She's always there for me, but then she gets worried about bothering me with her own problems. So last time I found out she had spent an entire weekend worrying about something we could have resolved in five minutes, I told her to call me and we'd work it out next time. I tried the same thing on my mom, P.S. My mom likes to find worst-case scenarios and then give herself ulcers about them literally months before they don't happen. I told her the quote by Corey Ten Boom, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it o empties today of its strength. Mom was not impressed. I know because she said, I'm not impressed. I'm just trying to get you to problem-solve without the ulcers, Mom, I responded. Gaga. Anyway, we worked it out with five minutes to spare. It was that thing where you're having a conversation with somebody in your head, rehearsing what they might possibly say to you and what you might possibly say back, round and round and round you go. Listen, when you're tempted to orbit around her, come back to yourself, I said to Estrella. I know because this has happened to me a million gazillion times, and it's always because somebody has hurt me or I felt a certain way around them, and I want to avoid that feeling again. But we have to take away the power from the other person. So instead of orbiting around them, come back to you. How do you feel? What hurt piece of you needs protecting? What are your boundaries? Then you can come back to her when you need, a plan, when you need to plan, but not because you're defending imaginary demons inside your head. She got it immediately, because she's her. Later that day, she said, You helped me so much. I told Luke, and he was like, Lorelai is so good for you. I think it helps take the weight off him, that he's not the only one I rely on for help when my brain is spinning out of control. It made me feel good, really good. I don't trust it, though. Be careful, I warned her. Sooner or later, all the boyfriends and husbands find a reason to hate me. Speaking of, Juliet says she's coming up in November, and they want to see me. Who is they, exactly? She mentioned a Lupe, and I was like, who's that? It wasn't her mother-in-law, was it? Is Lupe an island name? Then I remembered that they have an Italian nanny. She must be getting all the Italian practice. That's fun. Juliet's the reason that I love languages. Or maybe it's just a coincidence. I just remember how into them she was when we were kids. Italian, Spanish. Her mom tried to give us Italian classes, but I got frustrated because I couldn't roll my R's. I think developmentally, 16 was just the right time for me to fall in love with Spanish. When I was 9 in the neighborhood, mom tried to teach us German. When I was 12 and tried to learn Hebrew, 14 with Juliet's Italian lessons. It never stuck. I think my brain had gotten past the sponge point and wasn't quite ready for the academic point. Or maybe Spanish is just an easier language to learn. Anyway, I asked her who's going to be coming. I find it weird that she's talking about including me on a family vacation so casually, so all I can think is either Dijuan isn't coming on this particular trip, or he's forgiven me for whatever he was mad about in the first place. Fucking boyfriends and husbands. Hopefully Luke is the exception.
Oh, the therapy intake was kind of lame. The guy was like 12 years old and kept telling me things that weren't actually relevant to my situation. It was all behavior modification stuff that I've already done. He kept saying things preceded by, I know this may be hard to hear. He was like, I know this may be hard to hear, but other people can't make you feel a certain way. And I'm like, I know. I'm currently writing the book on that. Then he goes, I know this may be hard to hear, but when you've been in a difficult place, like an abusive relationship, you need to ask yourself the important questions. I was like, thank you. I have been for the last three years. I can handle my behavior and I can cope with what I get, but I'm fucking grieving. I'm grieving the deaths of relationships and friendships. I'm navigating my disappointment in humanity and trying to find the silver lining. I want something deeper than a bunch of tropes and coping mechanisms I already know. I want to ride the wave of my feelings, stay present with myself, or something that somebody super skilled in emotions can guide me through. I don't think that's what he was going to be teaching me for $250 an hour, so I'll have to respectfully decline and keep looking. Also, about how young he looked, I do remember when I was young and very good at my job, so I tried not to judge him for that. He clearly had the credentials and the training, and when you're young, you can often be more passionate and more humble than when you're old. He seemed like he was very good at what he did, it just wasn't what I was looking for. It's crazy. I remember when Hannah had just gotten her doctorate in psychology. She was still in her 20s, but she tried to dress and act and wear her hair like she was much older. At the time, I didn't get why she would do that. Oh, I guess it's bratty clients like me that make people do that. Oopsie doopsie. Meanwhile, I need a ma massage like I've never needed one in my life. Every now and then I wonder if I'm being a bit too stubborn with the Naomi thing, but I've really had it with her and I think she would make me mad, which really isn't conducive for massages. She kind of dug her own grave when she was an asshole to and about the person I love most in this world, just a day before that person ended up in the hospital with what she hasn't called life-threatening, but I kind of think may have been the case. So no, Naomi's in the moat. Instead, I've been spending hours each day trying to get at this thing that is stuck between my shoulder blades and radiating tendonitis down my arm. I bought tape yesterday, and I took a look a little weird, but I don't care. It's helping me limit the ridiculous scap uh, winging of my shoulder blade. Luke asked if my mariposa wings were broken last week because of all the work shit. I was like, not only that, my butterfly wings are literally broken. Brian was full up this week, but I have a 90-minute session scheduled for next week, and I think I'll schedule another one after that during my trip to Idaho. I looked up Boise Massage and found a place. That'll be my Tuesday in a week and a half. I can't believe the trip is coming up this soon. I started planning it last March when I was at Hazel's house. Time gets scary when you grow up. All right. It's past noon, and Mistress Me did say that I should go outside today. I guess it's time to make a plan. See you later. Love. Me.